So you know a halfling. Yeah. Okay, so what's half a halfling? Uh, a quarterly? Yes! Yes! A quarterly! Yes! I'm what? A quarterly. What is yeah, wrong with you two? It's important! Half, what do you mean, what's wrong with us? It's half a halfling. This is math! <sighs> well, welcome right. back. I apologize for that. I, 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 I let them out of their cage again. I don't know what I was thinking. I'll go back. It's okay. You can stay. Sit. Okay. Yay. Behave. Roll over. <laughs> Speaking of roll, how about a roll call? Hey, everyone. Uh, welcome back. Thank you for joining us once again. Uh, my name's Kevin. And uh, today, we still don't have Joey, but we still have Clay. Oh, oh no. Yeah. He, he, he see, <laughs> something happened to him. He just died. I don't know what happened to him. Did that yeah. work? Did I not come to the yeah. mic? No. Thank okay. goodness. Bree? Oh. <laughs> Hi there. <laughs> and we have Ryan. Unlike a certain Joey, I'm still here. That's true. That's oh. true. And we have Nathan, the man, the myth, the magician. Hello, hello. Show me a trick. No. <laughs> oh, I got one. I can deduct a star from you. Uh, oh. Last week he got a star. Now he's starless. What else is <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. He's he's got a chance to regain this star in a little bit here. So, um, matter of fact, uh, if we want to start and see if he can recoup that star, uh, Ryan, are you ready? Oh yeah, we can absolutely get right into it. Let's Please. do oh, it. All right. So, welcome everyone to Two Lies and a Truth. Um, if you're not familiar, this is the game where Clay and I um get to have some fun where i give him three things this week it's going to be about subclasses Ooh, uh, and one of them is a real thing that is in some sort of core book that's licensed by wizards and the other two are things that i just made up so great today clay <laughs> we've great. got uh three fun options for you uh sound fun so first on my list is that there is a type of wizard uh, that can only cast spells through runes. Most of them have to be carved into stuff, but some can be traced in the air with a finger, wand, etc. Um, but that's the only way that they can cast spells. Okay. That's Next cool. is that there's a subclass for monk that's entirely based off of dancing and using scarves to entangle and outmaneuver enemies. Alright. Okay. And then the final one is that there is a subclass of fighter they can take versions of themselves from other timelines where they are doomed to die and help them fight on their own timeline. No way that's real. Well, <laughs> there's no way. Wait a minute. I always do this. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> okay. Don't so, say that. Yeah. Uh, uh, pull themselves like from other timelines? Yep. <laughs> Why does that sound like it's stupidly real? Uh, okay. What was the what was the second one again? Uh the second one was that there's a subclass for monk that's based entirely off of dancing and using scarves to entangle and outmaneuver enemies. That just sounds beautiful. I want that to be real. I don't I don't know if I believe that it is real, but I want it to be. Just I don't know. It's calming. Yeah. It relaxes me. It's nice. Yeah. Like those soap dancers. 
usually you think of like um like Bruce Lee when you think of a monk or like I some a kung fu movie. But then you got like this graceful dancer person with their scarves. Just kind of like hanging out, you know? Yeah, and it's not as though I wasn't paying attention to you, but pretend like I missed the first one. What was that one? Uh, okay, yeah, the first one, which I'm just repeating for the audience, because clearly Clay already knows what it of is. Course. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Um, is a subclass of wizard that cast all of their spells through runes. So basically they have to like carve runes into different surfaces, um, and then they can activate them remotely. Like, you know, if, have you ever played Skyrim, where you can put like the rune spells on the ground and they're more powerful? I that have. you gotta like prepare them beforehand. I have played Skyrim. Yeah, so it's kind of like that. Um, but also, in a pinch, they can trace them in the air, and they're just a little less effective. I really like Skyrim. I'm glad that's all you got out of that <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I I have to. It's got to be the fighter. It has to be the fighter that, that pulls stupid. doomed versions of themselves out of different timelines. Yep. For sure. There's no way you came up with that. I refuse. That's got to okay. be real. All right. Um, well, uh, I'd love to hear from anyone else that wants to weigh in. Bree, what do you think? Yeah. I just like the idea of someone being mesmerized by scarves like flies are to a light. Like, oh, scarf. I, I don't know if I want to say monk or the first one. Hmm. I'm going to go with the first one. Any particular reason? Not necessarily. I don't know. I guess it kind of seems more real. Okay. Seems She's more like me. Practical. She really just wants it to be real. <laughs> it just seems more practical, I guess. Remember, if you want something to be real enough, it will be. Anyway, right. so... Uh, yeah, so Clay, uh, you chose the fighter subclass, right? Final answer. You're right. I did choose that. Final answer? Yeah? Yes. Yeah, okay, all right. Well, uh, Clay, it seems like you've really gotten into my head because once again, you were correct. Of course wow. I'm correct, Amazing. because it's the stupidest thing you said! <laughs> um, I really thought I would have got you with that one. No! I, I, you got me the first, like, three. I just, I... You make me you make me think that the stupid ones are too stupid, but they're the most. That's what. Okay, there's got there has to explain it better because the way you're explaining it makes it sound completely ridiculous. There's got to be an actual reason. That's sure. So, so this subclass is called the Echo Knight. Um, okay. It comes from one of the newest source books, the um, what is it? Ad Adventurer's Guide to Wild Mount, something like that. Um, and basically. Um, you get the ability to summon this thing called an Echo, and the way that that's flavored is that you are literally pulling a version of yourself that was doomed to die. So, like, let's say you're, like, two seconds away from getting toasted by a dragon. Um, you pull a copy of that person from that timeline, and they help you fight. And usually they die anyway, so, um, yep. So wait, what if they don't die? Do you just have another version of you there? They disappear eventually. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> That's lame. So you're just like, hey man, so you are about to die, and you're saved by yourself. You're saved by yourself. And then you're just like, oh man, hey, thanks for saving my life. Uh, guess Bye. have fun being dead. And then they just <laughs> go right back. 
Yeah, I think so. Can you imagine? I wouldn't even help. I'd just sit there. I wouldn't do it. I'd be like, nope, that's stupid. I, uh, yep. Why? <laughs> that poor other version of yourself. I don't care what the other me's doing. I'm about to die. I don't care. That, fine. Fine. Yeah. I, I won, but I'm still angry about it. Yeah, what else is new? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? No win situation anymore for poor Clay. I don't think I just I'm doomed to lose. I need something to to pick me up a little bit. So instead of ranting this week, uh, at the advice of my therapist, I've been told that I should try and focus on the happy things. So let's focus on some ridiculous stuff that makes me smile. You guys ready? There you go. Yay. Okay, so this week I found a couple more weird magical items that shouldn't exist. But this week they're all cursed items. <laughs> so Gotta love those. Those of you unaware, cursed items are things that your DM will put into your game when they get really bored. And they just want to watch you kind of suffer without you really knowing that you're suffering. So, a cursed item, most of the time, you're not going to really know it's a cursed item until it's too late. Um, for instance, we have... Have you guys heard of the bunny ring? No. You haven't, because it's even more ridiculous than those stupid uh, ethereal fighters. So the bunny ring is a small white ring, and it's got a little pink crystal in it, and you get plus 10 movement, plus 2 dexterity, and whenever uh, you know you find it, if you were to analyze it, it would be a ring of dexterity until the curse is activated. At which point, if you take a short or long rest while you have that ring equipped, you have to make a DC 11 constitution saving throw. And if you succeed, nothing happens. If you don't, then you grow a bunny ears and a tail, and you now find carrots irresistible. And, uh, huh? Where's the downside? The downside is removing the ring does not remove the curse, but it does remove the bonuses. So if you think that you can just take the ring off and lose the curse, well, you no longer have the plus 10 movement or the plus 2 dexterity, and you're still just a rabbit. But you're a really fast rabbit. Yeah, I don't really you see are. the downside. Um... <laughs> yeah, you need to act. The only way to get rid of it is to cast a lesser restoration. Mm. That's it. Oh, my goodness. That's funny. Isn't that fun? You might want to carry a, a, you know, a potion of restoration with you then. I, I find that, that highly... Highly interesting. Yeah, it's it's a good one. Now, the next one is my favorite because it's it's really kind of just pointless. Have you guys heard of the identified cube? No. Ah. Well, the identified cube is a small metal cube, and it's about an inch by an inch by an inch, as cubes are. They match sides. So whenever you identify the cube, you will always succeed, no matter what you roll. But it doesn't reveal um, the property on it. Now, when you identify the cube, it becomes attuned to you. And no matter what you do, if you throw it away, toss it in lava, give it to somebody else, it's always going to come back to you. It will return to your possession the second you try and get rid of it. Hmm. Forever. (laughs) And that you remain attuned to this item 
until you die or until someone else becomes attuned to it. So the only way to get rid of it is to trick someone else into identifying it. So what you're telling me is it's just a cube that you can't get rid of that fills one of your attunement slots. Uh, I actually don't think that it fills one of your attunement slots. Well, if you're attuned to it, it, it does. I, I think that's assume. the curse. I think it takes uh, up. No, nope. it... this attunement does not count against the number of items a character can have attuned. Really? Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, well, it's just it just keeps popping into your inventory. It's just annoying. <laughs> I don't see any downside. Once again, I don't either. It sounds hilarious. You can yeet a cube at somebody, and it just shows back up in your pocket. Sounds like a win to me. I kind of want this just for my character. I think it'd be a great magic trick. You know, boomerang. Yeah, it's a boomerang. <laughs> it's a magical boomerang. That does nothing. It does nothing. Yeah. It might kill that rabbit. It could. I mean, yeah. Okay. So now for this last one, you guys have a choice. Uh -huh. We can add either I can explain to you the ring of nopes or the rock of pocket filling. Um, I think I want to hear about the ring of nopes personally. Anyone else? Okay, no, those dose. Por no los dos, porque uh, time. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe next week. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fair, fair. So I need a vote. Nopes. 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 All right. We're going into nopes. Or no, so, I wanted the rockets. You wanted the rock. The, uh, the pocket of rocks. Oh well. The rock of pocket filling. It will. It will come up again. Good. Bring it up next week. All right. Sounds pretty self-explanatory, honestly. No, it's not. I'm okay. guessing it. <laughs> so, the ring of nopes, it just appears to be a ring of free action. And if you identify it, it's going to identify as such. But when you wear the ring, anytime you agree to anything or answer yes to a, a question or anything, you have to succeed on a DC 15 wisdom saving throw. And I feel like that's high. Or you take 1d6 psychic damage. The damage can't be lethal. It cannot. Um, you cannot remove the ring unless a remove curse or similar spell is cast on the ring. So, you know, you could just get beat up every time that you decide to agree with something. You have to disagree with everything. So uh, if you have a... What you're DM, saying is, is it's basically the exact opposite of me in real life. Yeah, yeah. It it is the opposite of you in real life. So yeah, DMs, I, if you I have a really contrary person in your campaign, give it to them and see how long it takes for them to actually take any damage from it. Hmm. Yeah, it's great. I love that thing. Yeah, I'm, sounds I'm pretty good. Calm down. Didn't you say you had a character that no matter what they said, ever you know what was said in the party, they said just the opposite. Uh, you could give them. You could give sounds... them that, and it wouldn't do a darn bit of damage to them they yeah, never take exactly. any damage no see the best one to give it to is your like super agreeable character like a cleric or a paladin generally because um <laughs> they just kind of like go with the flow or whatever and so if they're just like yeah sure it's like up oh, d6 of psychic damage they're just mm -hmm. you're gonna pavlov's dog these people into being terrible people <laughs> or independent or independent you know what i mean could be either maybe both could be either. wow probably not both Give it to uh, your player who's on their phone every session. <laughs> there you go. Who would do that? <laughs> when, they, when you ask them, hey, what are you doing? They're like, ah, oh, just whatever everyone else is doing. Oh, well, that's a bummer. Anyway, that's me. I'm calm. Good. Well, you know, I mean, 
we're going to have to change the name because that wasn't a rant, but uh, that's okay. No, that's that's not Tywin's rants. It, it Tywin's. I rants actually, I actually like just Tywin's tavern tales. That's a that's a good one. That, that's he, good. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Well. Sad. Yeah. I'm sorry. It was beautiful. We'll move on to Bree now for something a little more interesting. Yeah. Well, yes, I was actually um, looking at... Ryan was kind enough to send me a list of the beasts I can turn into um, as a druid. And I was kind of going through it, and I had questions. Because some of these, they don't have too much information on them. And then there are some where their names themselves kind of just confuse me. And I kind of want to know more. <laughs> so one of them... Let me pull it up right here. It's pronounced... And I might butcher these. Uh, Quetzalcoatlus. And mm. I I want to know where these either... Like, is there um, a lot of differences between the beasts and the monsters? Or are they sometimes the same thing? Is one of my questions. Like, um, are monsters entirely different um, from beasts? Or can they sometimes be the same thing? Um, well, to answer your question about... Um, things being beasts. Um, the thing with beasts is that it's a subclass of monster. Got it. Um, okay. So I think the actual word that 5th edition likes to use is creature. And creature includes any living thing, basically. So um, a human is a creature, uh, a bear is a creature, uh, etc. But um, a beast is a small subsection of creature, and that's mostly just non-magical things that you could find in the wild. Um, and that's the kind of things that you'd see um, your druids turning into, which is why druids are specifically limited to beasts. Now, you might have some things that are beast-like, but magical in nature, like a displacer beast. Um, this isn't actually a beast because it's created with magic or comes from a magical plane, um, and it's actually considered a monstrosity. Um, and so there are a bunch of these little tags that kind of just cut up the um, overarching uh, term of creature into a bunch of smaller categories that are affected by different things in different ways. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. It helps, and I, I, I was probably like a very simple question but i just wanted to make sure because if i just wanted to make sure i was calling it the right thing if they were separate things but now i know they're like a subset of right. monsters like yeah. i didn't know what bugbears were until we played in the campaign we are i right. didn't know owlbears i could i could kind of see that but like some of these i'm going through the list like the the quetzalcoatlus this is um basically a, a relative descendant from a pterodon which is a flying dinosaur um, these like just boggle me. Do you do you guys have names or like outrageous named beasts or monsters that you fought that have just crazy stats or kind of just silly in and of themselves? Um, geez, there are a whole bunch of like crazy monsters that exist. Um, I think the go-to that most people know is probably like the Tarask, for instance, which is basically your um quintessential big bad monster that you fight at like the end of a campaign when everyone's like level 20. It's basically this giant monster that um, wakes up like once every thousand years or something 
and it basically tries to destroy the world. And um, unless it's reduced to zero HP, it just keeps going on its rampage. And then when it hits zero, instead of dying, it tunnels back into the center of the Earth and goes to sleep for another thousand years. Um, so that's a pretty fun one. He's a cutie, too. Um, see if I can find a picture yes, of him. Yes, I, I need to look at this. And then, like, as I go through the list, some stuff, um, like, I'm surprised to see. They're, they're just very simple, like Mastiff. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, there you go. There's the, there's the Trask. And for those of, uh, those of you at home that have no idea what uh, we're looking at, um, we will put a picture up on the website. Uh, I'll ask uh, Nathan to uh, do that oh. in uh, in the the show notes because we shouldn't refer to things that they can't see. Yeah, well, if you want to Google it, it's spelled T A R R A S Q U E. So enjoy that, but it should be in the show notes now. So. <laughs> and Kevin, what's the biggest, baddest monster you've ever fought? Uh, I don't fight too many beasts. Uh, most of our, um, the campaigns I've played in, I, I hate to say it, but they're really big on undead and, oh. uh, you know, um, that type of, uh, creature, I seem to, we just seem to gravitate towards that. Um, it's like I, a lich maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think nothing fantastic. I mean, it's just. But then again, I you know we haven't played in a very long time, so I'm a little rusty on you know what we were doing, and we kept changing you know the uh, campaigns up. So it was the you know we would play a few this one, and then we you know we try uh, 3.5, and then we go to 5e, and then you know back and forth. Um, I remember not remembering what, what I had to keep you know referring back to my uh, my character sheet. I couldn't even remember what weapon I kept trying to use a you know a dwarven hand axe and I didn't have one. I had a, I had a rifle, you know, and it's like, oh yeah, that's right. We're playing this one. Yeah. Uh, that was a, that's a really good campaign too. The campaign is called Talus. Mm. Um, you know, at some point that's a huge monstrous, um, campaign. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, usually when I, I refer to Druids and the way that, you know, I interpret the Druid is it's more, it's, it's more woodland beast usually because that's where they come into their their own they're much better on uh, on the you know exterior terrain they they seem to be hindered uh when you're in a um, a dungeon situation which uh, again that's one of those the balances that uh, i was gonna refer to later and i'll bring that up in in you know in a little bit but yeah so I would say that probably the largest beast I think I've ever fought would be probably a dragon. Probably, I would say, I think it was a red dragon. That was the largest uh, that I've ever, and it wasn't a beast. You know, the beast-wise, yeah, I don't know. I think I had a big misconception when I first started playing that a lot of D&D, like not knowing anything about it, um, even like the Session Zero that I was kind of a part of for Cody, I think my my idea of it was you fight mon there's a lot of combat and you fight these beasts like that and that was most of it was just fighting just all combat and multiple beasts or monsters of all kinds for maybe a specific purpose or to maybe um free 
uh, somewhere that was oppressed or something like that. But the more I'm playing it, it's there's not always combat, and the combat isn't frequent in the story. Can be. I mean, it just depends. I mean, there are it, you can be in campaigns where, um, you know, every every. PC could have an intelligence of five and survive, you know, because it is just a hack and slash type of uh, scenario. Some campaigns are run that way. That's and those are, I think you find that more in uh, the younger male adults, you know, that I, I think they're trying to get their aggression out. I mean, I, yeah. that's the way I played when I was younger. I mean, that's just the way it was. Um, but I've gotten into, like I said, more of the storytelling and I like puzzles. I like to, you know, I, I think you can really mess with people's minds with that and i you know i think it's kind of cool to incorporate that kind of because it you know you're trying to immerse them into you know into the storyline so um you know magical creatures yes they do exist but i think um on a more mundane you know your your monday through friday adventuring you know you're coming up with probably more you know hoodlums in town or you know you, you have the your typical, you know, they used to be the kobold parties, you know, that's a you, you lower level. That's what you're going to do. You're going to go fight a bunch of dogs, you know, that kind of a, a mentality. But uh, I like to make it tougher for the, the party to, you know, just do that. You know, they've got to think it through. If that answers your question. <laughs> it does. I, 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 maybe, maybe I have some unchecked rage. I thought it was all about fighting. I don't know. Maybe I was just excited to fight some things, but it's more, uh, it's more fun than fighting. It's okay. You, you can fight. You can fight <laughs> as much as you want. You just let the DM know, Hey, I want to fight things. And you know, they'll probably accommodate you. You could just be that really disgruntled female dwarf <laughs> that has a chip on her shoulder, the size of Chicago. And every time you get in town, the first thing you want to do is pick somebody and have a fight. Now, that could be your backstory. That could be part of you. And, you know, if that helps to get some of the aggression out, then dang, yeah. nabbit, you go for it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm also, I think I'm just going to look through this list more. Just for myself, I, I think for whichever campaign, you know, comes up again, I'm, I'm going to not be a druid. But I definitely think I want to be a druid again at some point. And just kind of knowing more about it or seeing like what other monsters there are is just kind of interesting for me because I just have this general fascination of, you know, animals in our reality, in our world. And so hearing, you know, fantasy ones or these ones are just that much more interesting to me. Hmm. I like it. I like it. Yeah, and that's it for my corner. Well, that's okay. Um, in, and I'm going to take a segue right off of there. Uh, based on uh the, the historical numbers most parties um disband the campaigns in you know before you get up into anywhere near you know the the teens or you know like level 20 um and what do you think the reasoning for that is scheduling conflicts <laughs> that that'll take out most campaigns but i honestly believe that it, when you get up to the thing is, is you have such uh, an arsenal when you're in your teens, you would think that that would be, you know, just exactly what you've been working for. You, you know, you've you've pushed and created and, and molded your character. Uh, but the biggest problem, what I see is like Bree was saying, I like the brew it, but I want to try something else. Mm. 
because true. you become bored. You just become bored with that. You know, um, I was a party in, in a party where I was one of the tanks and that's, you know, the, the guy that has most of the armor and takes most of the damage up front to allow the, uh, you know, the magic users, clerics and everyone to stay back. Um, and I remember that it was so boring. It, you know, cause it was just, you just, you go up, you know, hack and slash, hack and slash, hack and slash. Okay. Now I have to wait. And I think the, the rogue, you know, picking locks and looking for traps and uh, searching that was more enticing to me. Uh, you know, I just, I decided I didn't want to be the warrior anymore. Now, don't get me wrong. My first probably 10 characters were probably either warriors, barbarians, or paladins. I, I did like that. But now I'm looking at the nuances of, you know, looking at the wizards and sorcerers. Um, and I'm really intrigued on the warlock uh, character now. I, I have never really uh, it looked into that or wanted to try that. And Bree, that's a, that's a very interesting class as well. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, it's a different magic source. It is very interesting. It can be very dark or you can keep it uh, very, you know, light and interesting. There's a, a lot of you know, depth to that type of character as is a druid. If you know, if you, depending on what kind of druid you're going to play clerics, um, that's a fantastic one. You, you talk about the, uh, you know, being protected by your entire party. Guess what? You're probably going to be the last one standing on most occasions and they're going to make sure that you're alive because you're the only one that's going to be able to bring them back. You know, at least you know, bring the health to them and later in uh, your career, you'll be able to resurrect. So that's a, you know, hey, very hey, interesting hey. tidbit. Don't cut uh, the druid short. They get reincarnation. You might not do. be the same race that you were before, but at least you're alive still. Right. Uh, that helps. Uh. Bork. So, I totally understand, but I'm just saying that, you know, there there are reasons why a lot of the campaigns never get to that because they they just run in they just run out of steam and they want to try something different. And I'm I'm totally for that, you know, I mean, at some time you, the campaign just, it has its natural ending and you just let it go and you, you know, you can start another one. Um, yeah. Um, that being, go ahead. Can I comment on that a little bit? Yeah. yeah you bet. So, um, uh, if any of you guys have been like paying attention to the last few episodes, uh, you'd hear me talk about how I've had a campaign that's running over a year and we've actually kind of hit that point where people are kind of like bored with their characters. We're like, I think, 10th level now um so we're like kind of up there but people kind of want to try out new characters and so rather than scrapping the entire campaign entirely what we decided to do was we're going to start a mini like sub campaign so it's going to take place in the same world um but in a different location and it's probably only going to run five maybe six sessions um and then when we get there um we're gonna reassess and we're gonna say okay do we want to go back to the main characters or do we want to continue with these and so it kind of gives people the chance to play something that they aren't super familiar with and it's more like fun and lighthearted. but um it, it's like something different from what they've been playing and you know at any time we can swap back over to the main campaign and go okay back to like serious business but um, it's cool because they get to play in the same world. Um, so their actions, uh, if they have like you know, national consequences, might end up affecting their characters in the other campaign. Um, 
And also, it gives them a chance to play, like, a bit more goofy, off-the-wall characters. So, like, the Grung that I was talking about last week, um, I have a player who is actually playing one of those in the upcoming new campaign that we're playing. So, um, yeah, we have, like, a bunch of really silly characters. Like, Caleb, one of my players who's been playing D&D for years now, he's playing a wizard for the first time. I couldn't believe that he'd never played one before. And he was like, yeah, this is the first wizard I've ever played. What do I do? How do I play this? And so it's super cool that he's now getting the opportunity without having to, like, you know, scrap my entire main campaign. That's an awesome idea. Brilliant. So I'm pretty much out for this week. I'm I'm tired. And, uh, you know, Joey didn't, he's not holding up his end. So, you know, we're all having to work extra harder. So we're going to give him some grief. Hopefully he is done next week and uh, we'll be back. Um, And hopefully if uh, everybody else stays safe, uh, we are slowly starting the uh, migration back to in-person play. So we will, uh, we will see how that goes and we will keep you apprised of, uh, you know, how the transition back goes because that's, uh, we're all kind of comfortable with where we are now playing online now we're going to have to get back to you know actually having to physically roll the dice i'm thinking little calisthenics might be in, involved in you know, trying to get back into shape with our mega yeah. table and our that's oh, right this mega table uh, yeah. my hand gets cramped no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you everyone greatly appreciate you joining us again um uh, hope you liked what we had to say uh and you can put up with our ramblings and uh our rants and uh, just our love of the game. Uh, everyone have a wonderful weekend. We will see you next week. See you next have a good week. Good one, guys. Bye, everyone. Joey will be here. Yes. Or else. Or else.